This is Consumed, a scrappy little podcast about life and flavor. I'm your host, Jamie Lewis, a food and wine writer on California's Central Coast. Season two is sponsored in part by Slow Life Magazine. Slow Life shares the happenings, stories, and personalities that bring San Luis Obispo County to life. I love writing the food column for the magazine, meeting the people behind my plate, and sharing it with readers. Check your mailbox every other month for inspiring stories about folks you want to get to know, places you want to see, and flavors you want to taste. To learn more about how you can get Slow Life delivered to your door, visit slowlifemagazine.com. Hello, Consumed listeners. I'm so glad you're with me. I have mentioned on previous episodes that I'm what you might call an Italophile. I don't actually know if that's a word. I just know that I'm a fanatic for pretty much anything Italian. So today's guests are especially close to my heart. I had Jessica and Alberto Russo of San Luis Obispo's Flower House Pizza Bar and Pastoria over to sit at my kitchen table. Jessica is Italian by blood. Her father is from Italy and owned the restaurant called Vieni Vai, which used to be in the same space that Flower House now occupies. Alberto is Italian by birth because he's from the gorgeous city of Sorrento, south of Naples. Naples is the birthplace of pizza, and Flower House specializes in that kind of pizza, pizza napoletana. It is protected by Italian law and was named an intangible cultural heritage of humanity by UNESCO in 2017, which is a very big deal. Alberto and Jessica discuss the importance of tradition as well as that of innovation, how it was growing up in the restaurant business, favorite movies because Jessica was a film major, how they probably crossed paths long before they met, cocktails, and of course, pizza. As always, please don't miss what Alberto and Jessica would eat for their final meal, and don't miss the chance to dine at Flower House in Slow. Trust me, you want to eat there. Okay, let's go to my conversation with the Russos. Hi, you guys. Well, hello. Hi, How's Jamie. it going today? <laughs> Very well. Yeah. Very so good. Far. Monday, beautiful day. And if you weren't here with me right now on a Monday, where would you be? I would be writing lots of checks at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And paying bills and scheduling and all that good stuff. You run everything back of how, or, or like in terms of yes. checks and scheduling and all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Front of house is, yeah, pretty much anything that doesn't have to do with like kitchen and ordering. Yeah. I do all of Oh, you don't yeah. do the ordering? No, That's he does. All. I do the ordering. Okay. Yeah. He does. So Kitchen on. and ordering, yeah. which yeah. is two things compared to millions that she does. Yeah. But, yeah. That's <laughs> the nature of a restaurant. Uh, exactly. I cannot That's even fun. imagine what it would be like to to take a chance on opening a restaurant. The, the risk involved. I don't mean to make it sound worse than it is, but I'm just in awe of people who make it, you know, who make it work. It's a tough business labor of love yeah. you have to be really passionate and you have to have a lot of energy <laughs> yeah. to keep it going every day totally and, you know we're open uh seven days so it's it's a lot you know mm -hmm. but it's it's an amazing business as well um you just have to keep innovating and keep challenging yourself and like i said it's lots of energy it's like having a child mm -hmm. pretty much a very demanding <laughs> child you're always on yeah absolutely yeah. 
<laughs> how, um, I want to ask both of you, I mean, how did you grow up? You, I think you grew up locally, right? Just I did. And I actually grew up in the restaurant business because my parents owned the previous restaurant in the same location. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in this business. So when we took over, we actually both knew very much what we were getting into just because we had worked in it. So it was like, all right, are we really wanting to do this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I grew up local and in my parents' um, business. Do I remember right that you would travel a lot? You would go back to Italy pretty, was it every year? Every year, pretty okay. much every summer. Yeah. And it was for a long period of time, like uh, three months mm-hmm. on average. Like if my mom and dad were working through the summer, they would sometimes send um, me and my sister mm-hmm. to go visit my grandmother, my nonno and nana in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so that's like when my obsession with Italy started. Yeah. And it was kind of like, um, it was another home, really. Uh, taught me so much. Uh, I learned so much about my culture and just, you know, living in another country. Um it was wonderful. And ah. as a child too, where it's oh. like, you're not self-conscious of, or you're not super conscious of the fact that this is special. It's just what you do over the summer. Totally. I had no idea that other people that it, it was, it's was such a privilege. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> what part of it are both your parents from Italy? Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> um, my, no, my mom is not. My okay. mom is from here, California. And then my father is, yeah, from Italy. And what part is he from? So he's from um, Avellino, which is inland from, it's Campania region. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably about 40 minutes from Naples. Okay. So it's still in Campania. Yeah, but just a little bit inland. So then, so then you were vacationing very close to where you grew up, right? Yeah, and... Actually, funny story is that my parents, um, my mom is from Avellino City. Oh, really? Her dad is from a little town outside of Avellino. And my parents, now now 17 years ago, decided to buy a little, little apartment, whatever they could afford to get out of the city because I'm from Salerno. Okay. And they bought in the same little town where the father is from. Oh my So God. that was a kind of like really random. Yeah. 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 So that was funny when we were talking about when we first met and we were talking and how many summers we must have you crossed must each yeah. other. Yes. And not even known, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's so many small towns in that area. So for his parents to pick, they literally have a house right down the street from my grandmother's. That is so it's, crazy. It's a real coincidence. It's because, meant to be. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. You were probably playing in the street, you know. Probably, yeah. Huh? At the same oh, time. Yeah. So many times we must have been just yeah. really close. That's awesome. Yeah. So your parents moved from the city to an no, apartment, or was, did they have both? They actually, yeah, they actually have, it's just like little week, weekend house um because my mom's my grandmother lives still in Avellino so to be close to her since she's old mm-hmm. um they decided to buy a little apartment over there so they could go there on Saturday and Sundays and me and my brother and my sister would follow them when we were younger and later on say that's too small of a town for us you know we want to be in the city and that's you know uh but yeah they still have both 
and they still go over there and visit the, my wife's family now. Mm -hmm. So they create this bonding too, which is cool. Oh, so your families are really close. Oh. Now, yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Especially in Italian culture, is really weird. Why is that weird? <laughs> I don't know. We have the culture of the suocera, you know, the mother-in-law and the in-laws don't really like each other usually. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, so, but actually I'm lucky. Maybe it's the American in uh, in them that helps out a little bit. You I know? don't know. Does that happen? I feel like that's also kind of a culture here that it's rare, I think, that the the parents and the in-laws are close. They are close. It's kind of special. Yeah. So you're even special by our standards, and that's incredible. Yeah. No, I mean, we're yeah. super lucky. My yeah. my aunt is really close with his mother, so they see each other like every weekend. And they, you know, they didn't know each other prior. They yeah. they just met each other through you know me and Albie dating and getting married whatnot. And so yeah, I mean, they his parents go to see my well, went to see my grandmother and, um, yeah, our families are super close. That's amazing. My mom and dad are super close with his mom and dad. I love his mom and dad. Aww. He loves my mom and dad. So we're really fortunate. <laughs> you are so fortunate. Yeah. And so do they come over here or are you going back there pretty often? Um, since I moved, we moved here, um, uh, my parents came twice and, um, we had the chance to go back just once. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, with the business, it would be it's so a little hard. bit hard. It's easier for them to come here yeah. than the other way around. Yeah. So especially since my, our son was born. So it took a little bit of time also to have a chance to bring him on a plane. Yes. Right. It's always a little nerve wracking, you oh know? Oh my gosh. Totally. When we, the first time I flew with my son, when he was I want to say 10 months old. Oh my gosh. I was so nervous about it because I used to not love being next to the baby on the plane. You know, I just didn't, <laughs> I'll be honest. And so I made up these little packets with earplugs and some candy and a note that said, I am so sorry. And I passed it around to all, oh my <laughs> all of my seatmates and they all were like, it's okay. It's completely okay. Anyway, I just remember <laughs> feeling so scared about yeah. that, that I'm like making up these little things at home. It was crazy. I yeah. know. But yeah. It's the first time flying yeah. is he always tough. ended up tough, kicking but, the seats yeah. of the guy in front of us and many times and sure. he wasn't really happy about it. But <laughs> I mean. But we're like, well, you never see him again. He's yeah. got to go abroad too. This yeah. baby's got to go abroad. Yeah. We took him last November. Mm. So we went for almost three weeks to Italy. That's mm -hmm. why the restaurant was shut down. Um, we had to kind of redo the roofing mm. of the restaurant. So we went to three weeks we spent over there. If you, were, if you were going to take another three weeks, would you have to shut the restaurant? I mean, that's how like you have to be there. Is it at that point now where you can go and still run it? You know, it's he's so involved in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, wonderful, uh, manager and a wonderful staff, but, um, we're just so hands-on. We haven't really taken the next step mm -hmm. to let it run without us for a couple of weeks. Maybe yeah. it's a little bit of control too. <laughs> I'm be. a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> I mean, you, you see the menu, you, it seems pretty easy because you say it's pizza, it's pasta, we make everything from scratch mm -hmm. and um, we have over 30 employees. Even if it looks like a small restaurant, 
Wow. So it, it is a little harsh, you know, there is so much to do. And um, it, it, we, we actually, we were thinking when we opened, we were thinking to do something a little bit more simple, mm. but we are kind of people that we like to make ourselves, cha- challenge ourselves. And yeah. so we made like a heavy baby. It's hard to to be far away and let it run. We can do it for two, three days, no problem. Mm-hmm. A week already is going to be hard. It's a stretch. Yeah. I like yeah. that you call it a heavy baby. It's like yeah. a baby's really tough to lift. Yes. Yeah. For, especially for anyone besides mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a hefty baby. <laughs> well, what was it like growing up in Salerno? I mean, uh, it was wonderful you know it's a it's a not a big city it's like under them 60,000 people Um, it's on the on the water so that's the beauty about and you know it's nice you live in your your neighbor and you know different than Americans um, we live really outside especially when summer comes Mm. Um, here it's all about inside so here if you go out you go out to go places um in Italy it's a lot of culture just being out, you mm. know, and just taking a walk and meeting people. Uh it's mainly our concept. And it's great because it gives you um cultured and uh but I would say since I moved here I start to appreciate it more um how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same time, um, I always say, you know, if you're from the old world, you should know the new world. Mm-hmm. And if you're from the new world, you should know the old world because both together they give you um, the right, almost the, not, not the right, right way, but almost the right way of thinking because mm-hmm. not everything is great over here, not everything is great over there. And I think you can create your set mind when you meet the two world together yeah and i think definitely like that helped me out um yeah so i'm i i feel like since i moved here i mature so much hmm yeah what is what is there here when you say you know people from old world should come to new world i mean what have you seen here what would you tell somebody that you know from back home like you've got to do this or you've got to see this or experience this. if okay, in a really few words i would be like to a friend of my, my friends over there, I would be like, hey, just be a little bit more relaxed, a little mm-hmm. bit more free, you know, just don't let, because our culture is so beautiful, but sometimes it tends you to push you down. Restricts. Uh, restricts it's a little bit you. more conservative, um, mm-hmm. especially compared and, to California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yeah, so that's what I definitely would say to my people over there. I'd be like, just, you know, relax, be more, you can do it you you know you, you count uh, on this world so you can do more you don't have to feel restricted yeah. um people uh, from people over here i would say like uh sometimes that kind of restriction which sounds a little bit weird but that kind of restriction it just make you have certain type of behavior that they are more uh, thoughtful i would say mm-hmm. to uh people that you don't know Mm. Um, because there is a base of respect of saying, okay, that I cannot step too much for because this is not mm-hmm. like, my place. Like, like overstepping. You know? yes. Exactly. Or yeah. for example, like uh, a good example of what he's trying to say is 
in Italy, when you enter a room, you always salute someone, whether you say, you know, hello, or, you know, good morning, good afternoon. If you don't do that, you, you make a really bad impression Mm. here. You don't really have to. A lot of people walk into a store, they don't say anything or they don't, I know, I I know (laughs) some of, some of my (laughs) employees come in and they don't, they won't even say hello to me as they're passing and yeah. not because of anything. It's just because they're like, you know, I'll say hi in like five minutes or whatnot. I you am, know? I am so ashamed right now. I'm horrible at that. It's not like super in our culture. Yeah. That kind of um, way, but mm-hmm. in Italy it very much is, which I actually loved because yeah. I always felt like it taught me a little bit more etiquette, I mm-hmm. guess you could say, mm-hmm. or, you know, how, um, they do have a lot of ways of doing things like a cappuccino is for the morning past 11 o'clock. You don't drink milk, Yeah, that sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, and shoes. I, I, I was wearing sandals in April. I remember. And people were staring at my feet. Oh yeah. It was a heat wave. I, it was so oh hot. God. I know. But I was like, am I doing something wrong? I come yeah. to find out I was here looking at me yeah. like, what an idiot. <laughs> No, not even, you know what? It makes so much sense. I remember when I was living over there and it was spring and we got like, it was 80 something degrees out. (laughs) And I'm looking at these Italians on the street going, how are you wearing like a little scarf and boots, you know, and a jacket and boots, you know, and it's just because it is that time of year. So no matter what, you know, there's still wind and they're very sensitive to the <laughs> yeah. wind. Like my yeah, mother-in-law is always like, oh my <laughs> God, We look the at wind. you like, explain that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we're here, you know, it will be raining and people will be wearing flip-flops. So yes. it's like, it's kind of funny just how. It's totally you, funny. It's yeah. different. Yeah. So different. And but. those restrictions, I mean, I agree with you. I really like, I actually really appreciated that. No, it's April. We're not going to do that right now. It's so seasonal. Everything is so seasonal and time of day is so important. And we really don't have that, especially in San Luis Obispo, where it's almost always the same temperature, you know, sun variability is not a lot. So we just are not sensitive to seasons really here at all. No, Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Right. And, you know, there's a beauty to both. There's a beauty about the freedom that we have over here that if you want to order a cappuccino, at six o'clock at night, go for it. You Does know, that or, happen? Does huh? that happen in the restaurant? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, people don't have the concept over here that yeah. it's not good to drink milk after, um, after you like have a heavy meal, yeah. you know, yeah. but see in Italy, that's very much like you do not what are you order crazy? a yeah. cappuccino <laughs> like late cappuccino is solely for the morning. Yeah. And then after that it's espresso. Um, so, but I mean, the beauty is in both. I, I love both of them, you mm-hmm. know, because the, the freedom is so wonderful, but then also the sense of like, um, a way of doing things and culture mm-hmm. is so amazing as well. So it's really, you know, there's a beauty in both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you said that you both grew up in the restaurant industry. Is that true? Did you grow up uh, in the no, restaurant? No, I didn't. I worked, I worked, you know, when, when you're young, uh, in Italy, I 13, 12, I would say sometimes even 10, but 10 to 15, 16 years old, it's your summertime, you finish school, you get jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get a little bit of money to to buy your, yourself something fun yeah. or whatever. So I worked in many restaurants uh, as a waiter, 
but never worked in the in inside really like inside inside of the restaurant business first mm-hmm. time was here uh mm-hmm. with my in-laws mm-hmm. um but yeah i have i have definitely family that worked in restaurants business uh mainly my fr- my cousin it was my uh, mentor i would say mm-hmm. um before i left Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, pizza, pizzaiolo. Is yes, that he's a pizzaiolo, it? professional okay. pizzaiolo. For he worked, he, st- he worked not anymore. Um, for uh, they used to call him the king of pizza in Sorrento. Really, so he's one of the main guys that um, he has TV shows, books, and all that stuff. So wow, uh, yeah. So that's how. Um, no, that's how I learned. That's how I got the passion, the extra passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, over there, it's like pizza is kind of like a, uh, a law, you know, mm-hmm. like when you go out with friends and say, let's go and have a bite, you know, that you're going to go and have pizza because, you know, pasta, you cook at home, second, mm-hmm. like fish, meat, usually you cook at home. So uh, when you're with your friends, this is things like pizza is social. So yeah. we will go out, have a pizza or the meter pizzas and, mm-hmm. and stay all together, enjoy it and talk and eat at the same time and the meter pizza thing so i didn't know if you came up with that or that's a that's something that happens yeah that's just something that happened definitely in italy was invented in late 70s uh in uh, um in a little town of vico Quense outside of naples uh but now they're they're everywhere um mm-hmm. over there because it is kind of like big group you get together and you go out and enjoy these huge pizzas and mm-hmm. Um, we are capable of doing just maximum one meter at the time because the oven is what it is. But yeah. for when you do the meter pizzas, you have special ovens that you can cook um, a pizza that is long two meters. Hmm. Um, yeah, and and have, so that would be fun. That's they actually fun. designed the restaurant according to. So like for the meter pizza, the ovens are, you know, much larger. Um, they're built in the in they're the built wall. in the wall so yeah. um, nice and long yes mm-hmm. nice and long and yeah. then also the tables are very long that so that you have sense. different groups um so they build the kind of entire setup around the meter yeah oh my gosh pizza, so which is I, amazing. it feels like such an american thing to make this massive pizza i just yeah. assumed that you <laughs> yeah came yeah. up with it here but that's a tradition mm-hmm. yes, yeah that is, cool. a, is a real social thing over yeah. there and it's just on Mondays that you do that? Yeah, just on Mondays. You know, when I was, I think I told you this last time I saw you, but when I was, I think I was at the ATM or was maybe when I was teaching at Poly, some of the students, I overheard them talking about, we got to come in, you know, it's Flower House, it's Monday night, we got to go. And I realized what a thing it is for students and young people here. You guys have really caught something kind of amazing. And those people, I mean... They have really deep pocketbooks, yeah. um, which is an amazing thing that they're so into Flower House. Why do you think that is, other than the obvious that it tastes great? I mean, I think it's because, you know, college students, they like to go out as a big group. Mm. And, you know, it's something new and fun. I think in San Luis, people are always kind of looking for a new experience. Um, yeah, it's just a very social thing you know to get one massive pizza and all you know eat it together Mm -hmm. um yeah he didn't necessarily want to do it I kind of pushed for it Mm -hmm. because I love the idea like when I was in Italy and I saw especially in his area there's a lot because it's you know closer to Sorrento and whatnot 
there's a lot of places for meter pizza. So I was just so in love with the idea. Mm-hmm. So even though our oven is so much smaller and, you know, it's not like our table setup is, is for meter pizzas, but I was like, let's do it. Cause I really think people will love it. And it exploded. I mean, yeah. we have long wait that we can do nothing about <laughs> well, because only one one will fit in at a time right yeah exactly yeah. so it's you know it is a um, quite a bit of a wait for pizzas on monday even our just our single pizzas they take longer yeah. just because we have these huge pizzas coming out of the oven and there's really nothing we can do that's why we only do it on mondays yeah. but <laughs> you know you never know could yeah. be a future business coming from it you just we've thought about I mean, we it we are the only place <laughs> i i think it, well, I know it's probably and, just one in New York, but even the one in New York, I don't think it's that popular. So we are kind of yeah. like the first place that does it. I think That's in amazing. California, we're For the sure first one. For sure in the California. Yeah, that, we're first and only. Uh, yeah. I don't know any I, other place I haven't that heard it. of any other place that yeah. does do it. I mean, so. she could... She could because of her idea now we have an hashtag which is meter monday yeah it's and that's exclusive to you you're the only one that because we created Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah i mean that's the cool things is like it's not just going out with your friends and have a meal it creates everything around the table so you discuss about it say hey what what tasting one on it Mm -hmm. so it creates that communication and that um connection between the table and all the friends and people around and say I want to try that. So you start to talk about what you're actually having and not just being randomly, I'm getting a chicken or I'm getting Mm -hmm. a plate of pasta, whatever. It's singular. That's like a a unification of the table to decide (laughs) what everybody. So you kind of have to get an agreement because it's eight people with six tasting. So So it is eight people. That's what you tell them? For a meter, yes. Okay. Or we get people that are five of them and they get a meter. Sometimes even four, they get a meter uh, when they're really hungry, you know. Yeah. Uh, But definitely uh, a full meter can feed eight people. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so you can have six tasting on it. Half meter, you feed four people and you can have three tasting. So Mm. there is always like one or two people left out, like, if like so you kind of have to get together and decide yeah you know which taste like there would be the person say i don't eat meat okay so you have to okay she doesn't eat meat so we're gonna do this without meat and so you conversate and you it becomes um what we have in italy which is like sitting at the table it's more important on the meal but the people that you're yeah. with yeah and you have to agree it's exactly. like diplomacy <laughs> yeah. Exactly. the table yeah, yeah. like it's politics or something it really yeah. is I want to take a minute to share about one of my supporters on the Consumed podcast. If you're listening, you're probably a fan of good food and good people, right? Well, coming soon, the San Luis Obispo Public Market at Long Bonetti Ranch will bring fresh flavor, fresh faces, and fresh inspiration to the Central Coast. Let me tell you, this is going to be a very big deal. Long Bonetti Ranch was established in 1880 and is named after George W. Long and Florino Bonetti. The ranch housed horses and dairy cows and produced grain, veggies, and flowers. The Slow Public Market will honor the Long and Bonetti family legacies with local purveyors of different foods and ingredients, ranging from a brewery and a cheese shop to tacos, coffee, ice cream, juices, spirits, and my personal obsession, bao buns. There's lots more to come, and it's all coming very soon. To learn more about the Slow Public Market or for information on becoming a merchant there, Visit slowpublicmarket.com. So how did you meet? How I mean, how did that happen? Was it 
was it in Italy when you were there with like seeing your grandmother? So I graduated college and I decided I wanted to move to Italy for a little bit. So I did. And then I got a job as an English teacher and I went to his company where he was working to teach them English. Mm. And that's how I met him. What kind of a company was it? Um, it was a food packaging and pharmaceutical packaging company. So we make this packaging, uh, for huge companies. So we worked for, uh, many company all around the world. Mm. Um, I'm graduated in, uh, in chemistry. So at the time I was working in the, f- um, research and development section. Mm-hmm. So I've been in contact with many, many people around the world. I needed to. To learn English pretty well, and so chemistry. that's why yeah. that seems so perfect for what you do exactly. in the kitchen. Yeah, totally I mean, um, my story is really funny. I didn't choose culinary school because you had to learn English and French pretty well, and I was <laughs> really bad in English, really bad. I'm the type of guy that if I don't need to do something, I don't apply yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, so but once I, he applies himself, yeah. he but learns I love, really quickly. I <laughs> love that crazy. you didn't go to culinary school because you'd have to learn English, but then you got, exactly. it got forced on you and then you met your wife. And <laughs> it's just so great. Yeah. Now I'm speaking English yeah. every day. Yeah. And yeah. very well, I might Thank add. you. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, so you were a chemistry major. What did you think you might do with that? Um uh, that's where the bad part of uh, Italy comes when you feel like restricted. You just do something sometimes. I don't want to say everybody, but I would say the major part of the people. You do something just because you have to do it or just because they might tell you or suggest you or then maybe finds you a way to get a job when you come out of school or whatever. We miss the the you know the dream in the jaw since mm. we were a kid we don't really have that dream in the mm-hmm. jaw mm-hmm. um so uh, like the thing that you choose to aspire because to. you feel that that's your pot and maybe it's mm. not but you have certain type of idea you know some people get older they never find mm. what they wanted to really do in life but i mean like here uh, you see like they choose college they go to college they have fun in college and that's a beautiful thing because you you kind of get your freedom mm-hmm. but at the same time like i see so many of them they they kind of know what they want to do yeah um us is just about like what's whatever, gonna get me a job whatever's mm-hmm. gonna give me a job mm-hmm. or whatever they suggest to do and and maybe you choose you you graduated and after you do completely different job because that's what's opened up to right. you yeah. Are jobs hard to come by? I mean, is it hard to find something in your field, whatever you specialize oh. in in yeah. school? It's in Italy? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's really so bad hard, right, right? Now. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. The young yeah. are not working. Yeah. Majority of them. And it's very hard. It's very hard for them to find jobs. That's why they, I mean, pretty much if you ask, and I'm talking, you know, in general, mm-hmm. but most Italians will either study to be a lawyer uh, a doctor, a dentist, and what else? What's the other one? An engineer. En- engineer, I was going to say. Yeah. Engineer. And that's it. I mean, you never hear, like, I went to um, San Diego State for film school. Mm, that's right. You know, because yeah. I, I loved it, and maybe maybe someday I'll, I'll use it. Mm-hmm. But um, I had the opportunity to kind of just go after what I wanted, yeah. um, as do 
a lot of students, you know, mm-hmm. but in Italy, it's kind of like you just go into what you feel is the highest chance, going to give you the highest chance to get that job out of school. Yeah. And the majority of them don't find it for a really oh. long time. Yeah. So that's why they're not moving out of their houses, you know, yeah. with their mom and dad. Do you think, is that the only reason that they're not? I mean, I thought it was just a cultural thing, which I kind of find beautiful that they live with their parents. I, you know, it's definitely, it's not looked um, like no one goes, oh my God, you're 30 and you live with your parents <laughs> over there. You know, it's yeah. like kind of normal, mm-hmm. but so it is kind of cultural, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of them would love to move on mm. they'd love to have their own apartments, you know, have their boyfriends or girlfriends or friends over. I mean, I, I think it's cultural because that's the opportunity. Yeah. That's I mean, what yeah, it and is. Also like, you know, you know? they they postpone getting married with the right person just because they say we cannot afford to pay rent mm-hmm. and get a house for ourselves. Yeah. You know, it, it is a little bit tough yeah, yeah. that way. And that's not mm. just Italy. It's a, you know, Spain, uh, Spain. I know Spain, problem, Greece, and, yeah. Greece and, yeah. and you know, it's, um, that's, I think what we don't see, which I so realized when I lived in Italy is that's the beauty of America, the the yeah. U.S. That we have the really the ability to dream, mm-hmm. and you know you have to work hard, but you can do it. And over there, it's you can work hard, but mm. not necessarily do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's the beauty of here is that the possibilities are endless. Yeah. You know. I forgot that you went to film school. What made you mm-hmm. decide to study that? Oh my gosh. I love film. Mm. I love film. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to produce. I feel like that's what I do at the restaurant. I feel like you'd be a killer producer. Oh, wow. You got it in you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You never know. You never know. That door totally is not closed for me, you know, but, um, you know, the restaurant business is super similar to film. I mean, you're kind of like running a production every night and it's very hands-on and high stress, but never boring. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very similar, but um, I was just totally drawn to it. Mm-hmm. To yeah. producing it? To, to, making, yeah, to making productions, to producing films? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. What's, it, what's one of your favorite movies? I know that's so mm. hard to ask. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's so many. Even just one of multi. I realize this is like, going to be like so cheesy because yay, <laughs> I'm yay. Ta- I don't, you know, it's like, oh, of course she would pick this. She's Italian American, but I do love The Godfather, and yeah. I always have. Yeah. So that's a legit <laughs> choice. It's not cheesy yeah. at all. I mean, I feel like so many people have that choice. You know, love The Godfather. Mm-hmm. I, I love Star Wars. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, you like sagas? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really, really do. Um, God, what's another one of my favorite films? Have you seen all the Star Wars? No. He's not, not a Star one. Wars You know guy. what? I married a Star Wars guy and he forced me to watch all of them in, I mean, in my late thirties, forties. It's not the same. Yeah. You have to be around. You that, have to appreciate it as a child. Yes, yeah. exactly. Totally. Yes. <laughs> she tried it and we, we started to play a little bit and I fall asleep. Yep. Totally. Which I almost always do fall asleep when we watch a movie. Yes. But that time I was like, <laughs> she didn't, it didn't even start it. I was asleep. Like, no way I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, totally. And I fall asleep too. Um, <laughs> almost every time. Yeah. Those big saga movies. That's, 
That's Amazing. Flower House on any given night. It's yes. like a big production. Oh, absolutely. It is. How did you decide on the name? What was the idea for that? So we were sitting at the old restaurant and we were, you know, that's when we finally decided to, to take over and completely change what it used to be um, and open this new restaurant. So we were talking and... and uh, I said, okay, we're throwing, throwing name and symbols and stuff. And so I said, okay, so what's the name, the main products that we're going to use? If we make pizza and pasta, it would be flour. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can call um, Casa della Farina, which mm -hmm. means, you know, flower house in Italian. And she said, no, let's do flower house, you know, mm -hmm. because we, um, when it was, first of all, that's what's happening in Italy right now. Names are really like, or Italian and short, hmm. or they're going to be this English crazy thing. Like my favorite bar that I used to go was called Love Generation. Which Love I, Generation. Which oh, my God. Every, 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 I know. Which for I us, it sounds cool. Let's go to Love Generation. When I would when I would take her or uh, other be American like, oh friends, I'd be like, "Oh my God, this is so cheesy." I'd be like, yeah, "Why? It's so, so cool, old generation. I think it's cool." And so yeah, um, so that's how we came out to decide to choose an English name instead, yeah. and uh, and also because it's easier to pronounce, you yeah. know, and we it wanted starts it in to be brain. yeah, it's also, approachable, like approachable, yes, you know of course food friendly but also let's just go get a drink let's mm -hmm. go get appetizers so we didn't really want to resonate with like old school italian restaurants yeah. that are you know just i don't know yeah. where you have this picture <laughs> in your mind i'm gonna get lasagna yeah and a glass of red wine exactly and yeah. a tablecloth and all that stuff we right. did we really did not want to do Come that on, where's your chianti battle with the <laughs> i don't know no. oh god <laughs> you know we we wanted to go a little bit more modern mm -hmm. um more what you're seeing in the cities now. Um, and then also, like, I think the food has to speak for itself. So you mm -hmm. can call yourself Italian all you want. You can, you know, have the Italian flag everywhere. You can have an Italian name. But if the food doesn't represent really what Italy is, you've lost. Mm -hmm. you've, you've lost it all. So for us, it wasn't important to have the name be an Italian. It's important that the food. Yeah makes you takes you to Italy you yeah. know so that was for us and that I would say that I'm so not supposed to be partial but I would say that it does yeah. I would say that there are very few places I can go and feel like it's almost like a time machine and it ports you there I mean it's just got that like the the crust has that the chewy and like there's something special going on there it's almost salty I guess it's fermented is mm -hmm. the thing that yeah. I'm tasting yeah. it's a little sour um, have you, I remember when you first started, you were nervous about people or maybe not nervous is the word, but you knew people were going to come and say, it's so floppy. I want it this way. I want pepperoni on it. How has that, has that changed at all since you opened? So yes. much. Yeah. Really? Oh, so much. People do not come to us for that anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, yeah, many people, they already had an experience because they maybe been in Italy or, um, we got a lot of people, a lot of following customers there from San Francisco, Los Angeles as well. So they, over there, there is something already happening as similar to us, where here we are the only place, I would say even through Santa Barbara and everything, we are mm -hmm. the only place that does really this style of pizzas. 
um, and try to be more authentic without voiding a pepperoni, you know. Um, but we always been uh, really good knowing that that will happen. Uh, we didn't just like mean no, 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 no. We try always to um, form our staff, especially her more than me because that's her job, mm -hmm. to form our staff and say, hey, I know you want that, but try this. Yeah. It's more authentic it might be similar to what you're looking for the profile and everything um and we got so many people that didn't like and so many other people they liked and what i um always say to people is like i don't expect everybody to enjoy this style of pizza um but to be the only style of pizza that has been organized by unesco there should be a reason and one of the main reasons that i tell people is the quality of products mm. that you use um, you cannot be this amazing chef but if you use good products you're already halfway through yeah. um, and that's what we do uh, i care we care of using products that they're really good and valuable mm -hmm. you know um, yeah so um, that's I, me. i forgot that pizza Pizza Napolitano was a UNESCO protected. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty intense when you think about it. That's the beauty of, to me, that's one of the beauties about a, like a restrictive sort of culture that actually places importance on, you know, it does become like a time capsule. You can go anywhere on earth. And if it's that style and it's done by someone who knows with the right stuff, you're kind of transported because it's so protected. Exactly. Absolutely, so yeah. what goes into pizza Napolitana? If we were just talking like the very basic, what are those key pieces that make it that? Um, they are definitely every things you do uh, has to be done in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. Starting from the, um, the products that you use, the flour needs to be double zero. Um, the oven needs to be um, made for Napolitan style pizzas, mm -hmm. which are completely different than the regular oven. They're a little bit higher, smaller opening, uh, and you have more uh, a cupola uh, mm -hmm. form. Um, the, the, the temperature of the water, the yeast that you use, um, the type of salt that you use, uh, wow, the fermentation really? that you give, uh, and how long? Uh, the fermentation yeah. time and Which how is, you do it. Is it over 24 hours? Is that how long um, you do it? So the base rules is to be at least eight hours, at okay. least eight hours. Okay. After that, any pizzaiolo does differently. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have a little bit of freedom. That's the good things about the new way of doing Napolitan style pizza. Pizzaioli, they have their style. So it doesn't mean that if you go... Uh, to another Napolitan, uh, Napolitan pizzeria, it's not going to taste as the same as mine. Yeah. It's just because that after you have the pizzaioli, they have the freedom of um, have not their style, but their way of doing things. Yeah. Now you're using their products, but you do your way. Mm -hmm. um, from the, the fermentation that you want to give, uh, the hours that you want to give, and how you want it... Um, there are different factors, um, including some stuff that are yeah, probably outside of the, the law yeah. that you might do that gives that kind of a kick to it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the beautiful things too. But you're for sure that to be called Pizza Napoletano, you have to use that certain type of products yeah. that is going to give a good quality. Yeah. But it's so sensitive uh, that 
if the end of the pizzaiolo is not good, you're gonna have a really bad mm. uh, pizza, mm-hmm. like gummy. Uh, yeah, I could see it of, going there very yes, easily. Very that's easily. one of the main problem that so many pizzeria around here that they call themselves pizza napoletana. They have that problem that is yeah. gummy and too chewy. Mm-hmm. They when it gets cold, it's like no, not or, or sometimes they try the fermentation is not done in the right appropriate way that you feel heavy and you need to drink a lot of waters mm. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's that little things, the little detailing that if you don't do it, it really turns from the best products ever to uneatable. Yeah, I was in Portland, Oregon last weekend and I went to a place that makes pinza. Oh, pinza, yeah. Out, I guess it's outside of Rome. That's a yeah, specialty, that's, right? No, it's kind of like the new things going on. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it was very hip. It was very like cutting edge, it felt like. But the man who was running it, I ta- I said, there's something different about this dough, this crust. What is it? And he said, yeah, it's rice flour, it's soy flour, and it's a little bit of wheat flour, but it makes it kind of crispy. Mm-hmm. It had a very different, very cool texture to it. And um, he said, yeah, you know, it's... It's all about the fermentation and how long that goes and using the best stuff so that it's not so, you're not waking up in the middle of the night needing water. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a typical thing for American pizzas. You wake up gasping in the the middle of the night, like, what did I eat? And so I find that interesting that you said that just now and that he said it last weekend. It's it's a really interesting distinction. Yeah, it is. It is. And now, you know, like you said, now that you mentioned the pizza, um, that they use this particular flour, which is rice flour. Also, Pizza Napolitana is evolving on that too, using mm-hmm. kind of different style of uh, flour as well. The which neo, they, Neapolitan, yeah, that's I what mean, they call yeah. when they oh. do it like a Neapolitan style, mm-hmm. but not quite following all the the guidelines. Sort of, of a little off yes, the line. Yeah, so, you know, because Americans, I think, in general, are really used to more of a, uh, crunchier pizza. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, kind of what the neo-Neapolitan is going towards. Mm. Like, hey, we're kind of Neapolitan. It's delicious. But yeah. It really was. I mean, I was very impressed. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so it's basically like uh, going back a little bit to the origin, you know, like mm-hmm. using uh, less processed uh, flowers like it used to be in the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're innovating also. You're doing things that are a little bit different, like, and I could be wrong, but I saw you're doing some kind of like a walnut paste or something mm-hmm. on top of that. What is that new pizza that you're doing? The bomba. The bomba. The bomba. So, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, we, um, from two, two, three months ago, we, added... uh, we finally decided me and Jessica that, um, we are um, we are what we are because we decide to be a pizza napoletana and a homemade pasta place. Mm-hmm. So I um, I finally get out of my EDD uh, <laughs> on wanting to make meat and fish special and mm-hmm. being a little bit more creative on that side and decide completely to avoid that and stay the what originally we decided to be. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she pushed me again mm-hmm. to uh, improve on the pizzas. And so we launched a new menu with, I would say, five, six pizzas new? No, seven new seven, pizzas. Seven new wow. pizzas. So we have a total of 27. Oh, my word. And, you know, of course, some are the traditional. And then we have 
a lot of pizzas that he just came up with. Like um, we have the pizzolona. I came up with. I made it. Cream, Parmigiano fondue. So very. Guanciale, truffle burrata. Something that you would find in Italy. Yes, Yes. it's definitely. um, So the evolution of the pizza napoletana was basic classic to gourmet, which you will have this crazy pizza going on. Um, and now there is the evolution on the new flowers and stuff like that. But the topping is definitely became like a, a cool new thing. It's like, uh, because it's such a poor in Italy, so seen as a poor dish, but mm-hmm. hard to make, um, that now they are trying to make it at the step up and say it's a poor it's dish, like a but you can say level. Since, yeah, since especially like it. not just the pizza napoletana became, uh, part of UNESCO last year, but it, it got also on the Michelin Guide. Uh, the wow. only pizzeria on the Michelin Guide, they are all Napoleon-style pizzas. Yeah. And so because of that, it create uh, in the pizzaioli the one of uh, making a pizza as a gourmet. Uh, yeah. Like you're eating something cool, you yeah. know, that, but it's pizza, you know? It is so interesting to think of it as a poor dish, but like a very difficult to make Absolutely. dish. That's so very cool. Um, Last thing I want to ask is uh, cocktail-wise, I feel like I know that you started with kind of a happy hour cocktail hour thing in mind based on how popular that is in Italy. And that's such an experience that I feel like if Americans could get in the habit of doing that, they would just never go back because it's so beautiful there. Um, I know that spritz has just been all of a sudden it's like off the charts. Are you still seeing people drinking that? Oh, oh, yeah. It's so like interesting. In, in set, like college kids, they're like, I'm going to do a spritz. I'm like, when did you learn about spritz? But the, <laughs> the thing is, is that, the, you know, they're traveling they're They're doing study abroad yeah. and, you know, they're, they're seeing it. So, um, yeah, on uh, meter Monday, we have, um, our spritz. It's priced, I believe at, I don't want to say it wrong, but it like $8 oh and my we, gosh. we carry that all night. So we yeah. do like a spritz and Peroni special for meter Mondays. Um, yeah, you know, the appetitivo hour, that's kind of what we originally tried to do. And then we just changed it to, um, a more traditional happy hour. Mm -hmm. Um, but the appetitivo hour, when we went to Italy last time and we saw the the appetitivo hour in Milan is just out of control. We went to some place called the Iguana, something Iguana along the waterway there. The the Canali, yeah. The the, the, Sorry. That's right, Navigli. Navigli, yeah. I couldn't believe how much food was out there. Yeah. I mean, great food, but just, and how many people were out there. It's such a great tradition such a great it's wonderful it's, you get a drink and then just for people who don't know you <laughs> purchase a drink and then you get a buffet of food huge yeah and i've thought of when i came back i was like you know we could do mm. but it's just tough it would yeah i don't know it could be like meter monday where it explodes <laughs> we're yeah. like oh no what did we but do you could also be yeah or it under could be that like, bottom line yeah or it could be a buffet of food and yeah. no one quite understands it, you yeah, know? Right. So yeah. it's just, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to, if you want to do it, you have to find the right uh, way to do it. Uh, mm. Proportion because here they're <laughs> so used to the buffet place where they go there and there is yes. all you can eat. Home, hometown buffet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it can be seen a little bit as a, 
more economic way to eat, yeah. which it is over there. Yeah. <laughs> in Italy, it is. Yeah. Uh, like you go out and just purchase a couple drink and. Yeah, but the products dine. aren't as expensive over there exactly. either. Like what mortadella costs over here and mortadella costs over there are right. two different things. And there were a lot of like rice dishes. I did notice yes. there's a lot of, you know, they have to balance it. Totally. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. But yeah, you could see people taking advantage of that. They were just more than happy to be out with a cocktail oh. eating off the buffet line. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's such a, it's amazing. Yeah. It's such an amazing thing in Italy. Yeah. If it. you had, um, this is... A question I've asked everybody. If you had 24 hours to live, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the last thing that you eat? And who would be there? Oh, my gosh. Well, the last things that I eat would probably be pizza for me. It would be pizza for you. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that for sure. Mm-hmm. No, no, it sounds like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you want to eat pizza because, no. No, no, this man I mean, is every crazy time we go places, I <laughs> And he's pizza. been, and his family's the same way. Yeah. <laughs> they would say the same thing of course <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe more than one yeah for <laughs> sure more 24 than one. hours <laughs> oh yeah. mine and i will eat her with her of course yes absolutely yeah. in Even our if son. she doesn't want a pizza <laughs> she could just sit there she she just yeah and after we yeah. go to her place <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh definitely there would have to be wine at the table 100 percent um for me, it would be pasta, really. Mm. I'm much, I mean, I love pizza, but I love a good plate of pasta. Yeah. With a little bit of bread for the end. Oh, for bread. Oh, and then so maybe good. like a nice cheese board as well. With some, you know, parmigiano, gorgonzola, mm. big loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it's not 24 hours, but if it is, I want to spend it with you. Oh. When you- <laughs> Doesn't it sound for selfish reasons? carbs just totally just carb yeah exactly thank you so much i know what a sacrifice it is to walk away from a child and family life and restaurant life for an hour but i appreciate thank you it. jamie this thank was you, amazing jamie. it was, it was fun. super fun thanks thank you thank you thanks so much for joining me on consumed to get the latest in what's going on with the podcast sign up for the consumed newsletter at letsgetconsumed.com or follow me on instagram at jamie c lewis Until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.